Yankees win. The Yankees win. Welcome to NY Fly Zone, a first-class podcast. It is time to feed the fleet. What is going on, Fleet Nation? Welcome to episode eight, and I'm Brandon. I'm Jared. And today we're going to be discussing our divisional round recap, along with our championship predictions. James Harden joining the Nets, and the Jets signing Robert Sala as their new head coach, along with Deshaun Watson rumors. A lot to talk about today. You know, we hope you guys are doing well out there, and uh, and let's get into it. Let's get right into it. Last up to cover, as Brendan said. So first, we had a pretty pretty good uh, football weekend last week. We had the Packers beating the Rams, Bills beating the Ravens, Chiefs beating the Browns, Bucks beating the Saints. Um, overall, I had fun watching the games. You know, loved that football is still here with COVID and stuff. But you know what? One of the best games was Bucks versus Saints. Brendan, Breeze versus Brady. What were your thoughts? Yeah, Breeze versus Brady, historical matchup. As I've you know stated before in episode seven, uh, you know obviously going into that game, Drew Breeze was the successor in those matchups. In that moment, he was eight to five, and now it is an eight to six uh, career matchup, which looks like it will remain that way uh, as Drew Breeze has come out and announced his retirement. However, it, you know it's nothing is written in stone. He obviously still has to go out and uh, and you know double think some things, but he had an emotional um, game towards the end, you know, kissing the fans goodbye. Um, it, it was pretty, you know, I personally, I was rooting for Drew Brees. Uh, I wanted to see him get a second chip. Uh, I either wanted to see him or Aaron Rodgers get a second chip. But you know what? Just as Ben said on the podcast, you can't doubt Tom Brady. Tom Brady, you know, he doesn't like he was lights out, you know, but he didn't make as much mistakes as Drew Brees. Brees threw the picks, you know. I didn't know. I feel like he would have went to Alvin Kamara a bit more, relied too much on his receivers. Um, Mike, what is his name? Um, Michael Tom, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. Can't guard Mike. More like, guess he could guard you. But anyway, you know, Drew Brees. I don't know if his arm strength is still there. They had to bring in Jameis Winston of all people to throw a deep ball. But that was nice to see Jameis Winston back out there. But overall, the Bucks look like an all-around complete team with their defense and their offense. Yeah, Jared, I got to agree with you. Overall, the Bucks definitely, you know, possessed that whole game. Tom Brady played lights out. Um, always found a way to find, you know, players open. Mike Evans got in the ball. Godwin, all the players around the field for him performed. Uh, the O-line, you got to give props to Brady's O-line. He got scrapped up a little bit on the first possession going forward. But since then, it seemed like the Bucks had the game. I was a little bit concerned about Bruce Arians and his game planning, especially going up against a Sean Payne, someone who, you know, has had wide respect in this league. Um, you know, obviously you see the Saints get ready for the playoffs every single year. I mean, they're divisional favorites for the NFC South every single year. And, you know, it clearly shows that, that you know, Tom Brady won this divorce with the New England Patriots um, and that the New England Patriots, you know, made a huge mistake. Uh, letting him walk away. Uh, Tom Brady, commander of chief, someone that's going to get all your players upright. 
he kind of controls the game. He kind of sucks the life out of that defense, that Saints defense. And talking about Michael Thomas, as you said, can't guard Mike, you know, zero receptions, zero yards, zero touchdowns. You know, this Bucks D really showed out. Devin White out here making plays left and right. Former LSU prospect linebacker. He's got that purple in his blood, purple and yellow. And uh, they got some dogs out there. And I really do think that, that they're going to give Green Bay the run for their money. Yeah, one thing that you said there that like, I don't know if I agree with, though, is how uh, you said the Patriots made a mistake letting Tom Brady go. You know, it's not like Tom Brady is with scrubs right now. He's carrying the team. He's not. He has, like you said, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones III. I mean, I feel like, I feel like you know, if Drew Brees was on the Bucks and Brady was on the Saints, I feel like the Bucks would have still won. I don't know. This is my... You think that the Bucks would still beat the Saints with, with, with a Jameis Winston? With Jameis Winston? No. Someone better than James Winston, though. Winston's a backup. He was a third string. He had a running back, Taysom Hill, in front of him, started some games. So you can make the argument that James Winston would lead this team, but you can make the argument someone like, you know, who's who's like a less quarter, mid, mid-class quarterback. I don't know. Carson Wentz. Prescott. Even though Carson he finished Wentz. last, I mean, he's got a lot of support there. He put Carson Wentz on this team with the right coaching, maybe, but I don't know. I feel like maybe Tom Brady gets too much credit here. He is, you know, still good. He's still old. But, you know, like I saw Bruce Arians said that he lets Tom Brady coach his team. And, like, in New England, he couldn't. It's probably Belichick was like, Brady, you're a player, not a coach. But, you know, you can see Tom Brady going these guys. Tom Brady is probably a great leader. But I feel like he's getting too much credit right now. He, has, he literally has Gronk come out of retirement to join him. And he has all these other assets that – Antonio Brown, like you even say his name, the top receiver a couple of years ago. So I just feel like he's getting a lot of, he's getting carried right now, low key, but he's still, he's not a washed up quarterback, but he's not the best right now. And that's why I think getting into this now that the Packers will beat the Bucks. Yeah. Real quick. I just want to, I want to say a couple of things. Yeah. Tom, Tom Brady is still a top 10 quarterback in this league. Um, the Patriots single-handedly uh, decided not to financially treat their guy. Their guy who gave them six rings, helped lead them six rings um, to eventually, you know, walk and finally reap the benefits of actually getting your payday. I understand where you're coming from. I mean, if you look at New England, they were not, they did not have the cap room. They did not have, you know, the assets to, to win now. And I understand, you know, I, I definitely do think that Tom Brady is going further on this Tampa Bay Bucks team than he would on the AFC side of the ball. However, I mean, I don't think Tom Brady, I think you look at his stats, I mean, 199 yards, two TDs, no interceptions, playoff postseason Brady shining. You know, he basically just closed the book on Drew Brees' career. Like, like Tom Brady, I mean, he very well can get a seventh ring with this team, um, could, especially, especially given, you know, the injury, the Mahomes status. We'll get into our predictions soon, but I just wanted to point out that it's the Tom Brady effect. I mean, would you see Rob Gronkowski come out of retirement for, for anyone else in this league other than Tom Brady? I think that Tom so. Brady, you know, really refurbished this Tampa Bay legacy and made it a hot destination. I mean, him, he, he's, a, he's a chess piece. You know, he's like a fine chess piece that people will want to gather and rally around. And I think he's a reason as to why this team really became championship level. I mean, it's, it was a great performance overall from Brady and, uh, and he really command, commands that team. And it'll be fun to see him go up against Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, 
destroyed the Rams defense. Jalen Ramsey, nowhere to be seen guarding Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams really proven he's a top five receiver in this league. But, yeah, not much to say about the Packers. You know, the Rams didn't have much faith in them anyway, and they did what they had to do, put up great offensive numbers and limited the Rams to 17 points. So that's all you can really, um, that's all you can really hope for. My bad, 18 points, 18 points. And apparently Sean McVay is ha- has a bad relationship Wait, with golf. Jared Goff right I saw now. that. You know, top number one pick. They went to Super Bowl together. It's interesting to see how the two picks from a – Top two picks a couple years ago, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson relationship, and then now Golf and McVay's, McVay's uh, relationship, both have been very tipsy-topsy. So is it the quarterbacks, the coaches? What is it? And Aaron Donald had a very emotional um, loss. Uh, obviously, he was playing with a torn, I believe, rib cartilage. Yes. Uh, what a monster he was, you know, going out there to perform. Um, overall, I just think that this Packers offense is just too much to handle. Um, you know, obviously Devontae Adams, the run game, Jones, everyone, um, they're able to really move the ball and get those first downs. Aaron Rodgers playing like the MVP he is. Um, mm-hmm. Jared, who do you think is going to win uh, NF- NFC championship game, uh, Brady or, or Rodgers? You know, uh, shout out my boy Pat Edwards, big Packers, a Packers fan from Boston. But I'm rooting for his squad, you know. Packers are going to come out. They're going to – you know, humble Tom Brady. Rodgers is going to, you know, prove that he's still still a top five quarterback in this league, which he did this season, of course. But he got to prove in the postseason. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers back into the Super Bowl again. And I think that their offense is too much to handle. They're a good matchup for the Bucks. They both have a lot of great pieces. I see. That, I think the Bucks have a bit more of those name pieces, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski. But – Aaron, if I'm if it's between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady today, this week, right now, I have to pick Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I, I like your take. I'm personally going to be rooting for, you know, Green Bay. Uh, obviously, me as a Jets fan, despise Tom Brady, hate. You know, I, I, I see him in the Super Bowl every year. You know, it's nice to get a little, like, different change in, from here and there. And getting seeing Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl would be nice. You know, someone who is uh, one for one in the Super Bowl and has his own Super Bowl, and, you know, he's playing like he deserves it. And uh, But you know what? I'm going to say that Tom Brady is going to win this game. And I think I'd learned from my mistake last week, you know, rolling the dice and saying that, you know, the Saints would win in the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in New Orleans. And, New Orleans. and, um, and you know, I think that this, uh, this defense, this Bucks defense is going to really cause some trouble. Now, Aaron Rodgers has it all in his favor. You know, Tom Brady traveling to cold Lambeau Field where there, should, where there should be some estimated fans, good amount of fans present, uh, depending on whatever their plan. COVID protocols are. Co- yeah. COVID protocols are in that area, um, in that Wisconsin area. And, um, and yeah, so I, I think that this defense, Devin White, their corners, everything that's going on, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles calling the plays, um, is going to success Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think Brady has seen this scenario too many times. And uh, I definitely would expect, I wouldn't be surprised if Tom Brady is, you know, preparing for the Super Bowl. No, it's hard for your first season with a team to make it to the Super Bowl, especially with such a dramatic change. Whole new offense pretty much with Brady coming in with all these pieces. Aaron Rodgers, second season with Matt LaFleur. You know, he's been with 
Devontae Adams for a while now, Aaron Jones. I think they just have more chemistry. They have more of a feel to who they are. The Bucks are just good players going out there. I, st- I still feel like they got lucky with some picks that they got from Drew Brees, a, a, a fumble. And so if, as long as – and I know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be careless with the ball. Not saying Drew Brees was, it's just Aaron Rodgers is better than Drew Brees right now. Therefore, I feel like the Packers are going to come out and really it's going to be a high-scoring game, I feel like. Brady's going to have to out-duel Aaron Rodgers, and I, don't, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I mean, if you take a look at, you know, the Buccaneers' defense, I mean, D.N. Dominic um, you know, Khalil Davis, um, Jeremiah, uh, uh, led uh, better. And then you got Rakeem uh, Roches, uh, Steve McClendon, former New York Jets interior defensive lineman, you know, reunites with one of his previous head, co- uh, head coaches in New York, Todd Bowles, as his defensive coordinator, um, courtesy of Joe Douglas, you know, allowing him to be in that situation, that win-now situation with that trade. Um, obviously, as I said before, Devin White, Levante David, Shaquille Barrett, um, you know, and then... Three-finger JPP. Yes, sir. Former Giants, Super Bowl. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I definitely think that that defensive line and that Bucks offensive line is going to ultimately control the game. And, um, and it's going to be interesting to see how Devontae Adams performs. I think that that game really revolves around him. I, I think that if the Bucks are able to contain Devontae Adams, you know, um, make sure that he's not making those explosive plays. Make sure that he's not stretching the field, getting those first downs, milking the clock. Um, you know, and if he can, if, if the Bucks defense is able to prevent that from happening, I think Brady can compensate and score some points. Well, don't sleep on Marquez scouting, you know, Velda scouting. He's a good number two. I mean, they don't have these Packers. This team doesn't have like the big name players that the Bucks do, but I just see their talent just, you know, shining, shining a little brighter than the Bucks right now, you know, and they have some guys on defense too. So Darius Smith, they have Adrian Amos. They have Kenny Clark. You know, they have some of these veterans that – and Damon Harrison, they have snacks of all people. But So they have, like, a bunch of different pieces. And, you know, the Bucks, like I said, have the big-name players that could, you know, go out and, like, ball out. But the Packers, I see them more as a team. And Aaron Rodgers, I see him as better than Tom Brady right now. So that's why I have to pick the Packers – Probably winning and probably scoring around high 30s and the Bucks low 30s. Yeah, overall, I'm going to say that the uh, Bucks are going to squeeze one in, probably by field goal. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think up. I think you're going to see the Packers, you know, control the momentum in the first half. You know, obviously, um, coming off of that strong win against the Rams reigning MV or what will soon become the reigning MVP believed by most analysts um, in the league, um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, having his home, you know, having Lambeau field, you know, the fans, the atmosphere. I think that that's going to be strong momentum for Aaron uh, and this, and this Packers team and the floor, the head coach. Um, but I think that the bucks are going to game plan. And I think you're going to see fourth quarter, Tom Brady. I mean, it's Tom Brady. I think he, he's on the road to seven. You know, I think he's I think he's put the work in. I think I mean, if you look at how he's performing as a 43 year old man, right to uh, like the oldest quarterback in this league on, the, you know, and he's just throwing the ball nonchalant like he has no problem getting it out there. He's you know, these wide receivers are having trouble catching the ball because of how fast it's coming towards them. Like he's throwing it like Brett Favre in his prime. And um, and I think Brady's really locked in. 
you know, it's going to be a long week for the, for the Bucks. Um, you know, there's not too many mistakes to make up, but there are some to fix. And I think they're going to be ready, ready for war come Sunday. And I think uh, a field goal to seal it in the fourth. It's going to be a hell of a game for sure. And so moving on to the AFC uh, championship game, we have the Buffalo Bills traveling to Kansas City. Um, obviously, Patrick Mahomes goes down with that, with that scary injury. Uh, hopefully, he's able to you know, perform in this game. Uh, be held a matchup to see inevitably um, you know, a Patrick Mahomes go up against what we now think is the new face of the NFL, Josh Allen. You know, give credit to the Browns. 17-22 game. Made it a closer game than what? Like at the beginning of the season, if you were to say Chiefs and Browns are being in the playoffs, so you got you would think it's a Chiefs blowout and question how the Browns got there. But you know, with Pat Mahomes out, the Chiefs still had these guys: Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they and Hilaire, Edwards Hilaire. They have these guys that you know. This is it's a bonus to have Pat Mahomes really in the Kansas City. Now. Hopefully, as you said, he's available for the game. Concussion protocol, just got an alert that he's still in the protocol right now. They have to, you know, do their evaluations or whatever. And that's so he doesn't have any lingering health effects as he grows up, as he continues to grow. But, you know, as long as Mahomes is there, it'll be a competitive game. But shout out to the Browns. If it wasn't for that missed uh, helmet-to-helmet hit near the end zone, it would be a much different story, maybe. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes uh, injured, ruled out with a concussion, you know, which, which sad to say, I, I really don't mean to say this. I hate injuries, but it ultimately gave Browns, like, life heading into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, the Browns' defense could not hold out on that fourth and inches. Chad Henney uh, rolled out and found, and found Tyree Kill wide open to secure. Tony Romo going crazy. The first run on the clock. Um to just to run out the clock and you know congratulations to Cleveland to an amazing season you know close but no cigar the Browns seem to have found their identity in Kevin Stefanski and their guy Baker Mayfield um you know great NFL teams have two things secured their head coach and their quarterback Baker for the most part played well you know it's a playoff atmosphere so there's high nerves and emotions he threw for 62 percent completion and 204 yards and a touchdown and one pick um, there was a lot of momentum changes against the Browns in this game. There was uh, a touchback fumble in the end zone before the half and also Baker's pick. Um, mm-hmm. Overall, Baker's ability to keep his head in the game was very impressive to me. I mean, that, that, that's what good quarterbacks do in this league. And Baker kept his team's chances alive up until the very last play. Yeah, I could definitely see the Browns coming back into the playoff picture next season and for the years to come. You know, reminder, they didn't have Odell Beckham Jr. He was out for the last half of the season. So maybe it's a different story. But, you know, the Browns and Baker Mayfield, they showed heart. You know, obviously, it, it, it'd be hard to mimic what they did against the Steelers, against the Chiefs, because you know how great the Chiefs are, and we've been saying how fraudulent the Steelers have been. But the Browns, they put up a fight, and they had the chance to win this game, honestly. But they uh, the Chiefs prevailed. Yeah, shout out to... Um... You know, the Chiefs defense, everyone moving together as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone seems to play in sync, uh, you know, in that Kansas City uniform. You have guys like Travis Steve Kelsey Spagnola. that that literally will just, you know, keep the team together. You know, he gets that first down, takes that second to just rally the troops, look around, breathe in the moment, see the fans. Um, it's You know, I'm sure Mahomes 
as he was being evaluated for a concussion, was just so happy to hear the news. You know, um, it wasn't in, it wasn't in his hands, and you know his team closed out for him. And uh, I think you know there there was just breaking news um, that you know Mahomes is in concussion, still in evaluation. You know, it's there's no determination currently as of now uh, with his status. Um, but you know, if if Mahomes is not there, I say that you know Buffalo takes this win. Um, you know, their defense is too, is way too strong, you know, Poyer, Hyde, um, you know, uh, Ed Oliver, you know, linebacker, uh, their defensive line, their corners, um, you know, Tredavious White, like these players come to play and on the offensive side of the ball, there's, there's a lot to make your head scratch. You know, you got Brown, you got, you got Diggs who's laying up the league. They got Singletary, they got the O-line, um, you know, they got a lot of depth on O-line. Um, and, you know, obviously Allen, you know, who we've, you know, Jared and I have been very high on recently, ever since the start of this, this whole series, you know, our podcast, you know, we think that Allen has some great upsides. Um, and I think it's, I think this game falls down on Mahomes' injury and his status. Um, but, you know, as we all know, concussions are a very serious injury. Um, it's, it's very, it's taken very seriously in today's uh, protocol in the National Football League. And if, uh, and if it is indeed a, a serious cognitive injury, um, I don't expect Mahomes to be strapping up, and uh, I guess Chad Henney is going to have to go out there and command uh, Chief. Hey, anything is possible, as we saw on that third and 14th play. Um, but another quarterback who got a concussion was Lamar Jackson, another scary um, head and like snap back into the end zone, actually. And Allen didn't put up, you know, the Josh Allen MVP type numbers. He only had 206 yards, one touchdown. But he did what he had to do to beat this Ravens team. It was really cold. The wind really affected this game. Justin Tucker, two missed field goals, got jinxed by the announcer. But overall, the Lamar Jackson injury was the end of the Ravens season. And the Bills are still the Bills. So they're going to compete against the Chiefs. And you're right, it really rests on Pat Mahomes' injury. But even if Mahomes is still there, I'm going to pick the Bills. Why not? The Bills, they had momentum. The Chiefs. If Mahomes comes back, they'll have a lot of momentum to just prove themselves, be excited that he's back on the field. But the Bills just – I trust the Bills' defense more. And if they could take what the Browns did, which was held Pat Mahomes pretty well until he got hurt. And then, you know, there's just a couple of things that the Browns mistaked on. And the Bills are even better than that. So that's why I could see the Bills potentially beating the uh, Chiefs next week. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, Patrick Mahomes and and the Chiefs now. Obviously, as I said before, it is completely uncertain that he will you know be under center come Sunday. But I think that this Kansas City medical staff is gonna do everything in their power to make sure that that happens. Now there are certain protocols that are in place in which he can and cannot. Obviously, he has to pass certain evaluation steps in order to you know be cleared by his by his medical officials. Um, but I really do think that Andy Reid is you know he wants this you know. Um, and I think Mahomes wants it even more, you know, um, they, I think they really have done a great job, you know, constructing, uh, architecturally this dynasty, you know, that it's going to be looming over the NFL for the next 10 years or so. And uh, I think that this is just going to be a part of history. And, um, you know, if, you know, obviously we, you know, we hope that Mahomes is, 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 you know, healthy. We never wish injuries on anyone. So hopefully regardless, you know, whether he's playing or not, he gets better soon. Um, but presuming his grit, and his love and, 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 you know, his appreciation for the game, I think he'll be there. And, um, and ultimately, I think that the Super Bowl matchup is going to be the GOAT, 
Tom Brady up against the future GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. That would be insane. That would be, that'd be a great matchup. However, I see the, you know, the, probably the best talent quarterback, most talented. You could say Aaron Rodgers is more talented than Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers versus the future Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen okay. and the Bills. Okay. It's in, very interesting, you know, Packers versus Bills. That's okay. like, that's a, that's a cool matchup. And then, but I, at the end of the day, it's going to be great football. These are very, these are like the top four teams, I believe, that we have in this league. And it's going to be a great showing. But I see, you know, we'll get, we'll give our Super Bowl predictions when it actually happens. When, but for now, that's what we got. All right. Well, maybe we should start doing our podcast not on Wednesday because as soon as we release it, Harding got traded to the Nets last week. What a shocker that was. Uh, James Harden, along with it was a big uh, three-team trade, got the Cavs involved, brings James Harden to the Nets, pairs him with KD and Kyrie Irving, and they've balled out so far as teammates. And James Harden, you know, did what he had to do, be disrespectful to his teammates, and got traded out of Houston. I mean, that's nothing you could do about that's his philosophy, I guess. You know, I didn't like how he did it, but I'm glad he got out. He was clearly wasn't happy. And now the Nets are our finals favorites. I must say. They they beat the Bucks on MLK Day pretty convincingly. And just seeing Harden he said a great quote. He said, When me and K D first played, we were we were boys. Now we're men. And like it shows like how mature their games have gotten over these years. Yeah, um, I definitely love that quote. I think it's true. I think all that drama in the past, you know, them separating, um, you know, the, the trio, as you can call it, you know, each going their separate ways. I think that that is, I think it's over now. I think, you know, and Houston did everything they could, you know, you know, they tried pairing him next to his previous teammate, you know, Westbrook didn't work out. Um, I think, I think, you know, Harden, I think he wants to ring the most on anyone on this team. I think, Harden deserves his ring. I mean, Katie obviously has it. Kyrie has it. I mean, hell, yeah. you can't even get Kyrie in the building. I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> he's not even talking to the media. He's not, you know, and there's a lot of talk whether or not there's a lot of haters, a lot of Nets haters out there um, that, that think that, you know, Kyrie is going to deprive their, champ, their chance to win. But, you know, I, I really like their chances this season. I mean, you know, obviously the Nets were just positive, just barely positive before – you know, Harden touches down in, in Brooklyn, New York. And, uh, and look at them now. I mean, they're 9-6. and six. Seems like they turned things around. They beat a healthy, great Bucks team. I mean, they left the honest open a couple times. He missed, airballed it, but the second time he made it. And, um, and you know what? I mean, you know, the Nets, I think you're going to see them progressively climb their way up in the East. I mean, you have the Pacers, great ball, ball team. You've got the Sixers and you got the Bucks and the Celtics. I mean, hell, the Celtics have been going off. I mean, once they get... Uh, Jason Tatum back. I think that they'll have their 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 team, but um, I like the I like the Nets. You favored them. Um, you you I, I believe you had the Nets winning the chip this year, right? That's correct. Uh, I had them against the Lakers, and uh, I think losing, but that was without Harden, of course. And but I had them winning the the, uh, the East as a whole. And you thought it was they had good chemistry, but that was way before Harden, and that changes up everything. That changes up everything. Yeah, uh, I say undoubtedly now that um now that Harden's there, we got we got an All Star team. All right, we got an all-star team in New York. 
uh, Brooklyn, you know, one of the five boroughs in New York. And, um, and you, you know, with or without Kyrie, they'll be in the, they'll be, they'll be in the, they'll be in the finals for sure. I think so too, because Harden's better than Kyrie and what they could do now is have different schemes. Like I saw Kevin Durant, Harden was on the bench. Kevin Durant was on the floor with uh, Shamit, DeAndre Jordan. And then you take KD out, give him some rest, put Harden in. These two guys could run the offense for you while they get rest. And then when you put Kyrie too, it's just going to be, it's just going to be an all-star game. As you said, when they show pictures of KD and Harden on like these ESPN posts, they use pictures from the all-star game. This is the undoubtedly the best big three that has been in the NBA. Way better than LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. You know, but wait, is it better than Curry, Durant, and Thompson though? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I, I don't know. I mean, you can not argue. Yet, not yet, I don't. We got to see if Kyrie were to, you know, actually get his head in the game. Then it's possible. But it is possible. But the Nets are just unfair right now. It's a two K custom league that you're making right now, and I was surprised to see it happen. But the Rockets ultimately they got a lot of good stuff. They got a lot of top picks. Not to mention, like, a bunch of picks from the from the Chris Paul trade, I'm pretty sure, from the from the Thunder that one time. This is what the Rockets got. They got three unprotected first-round picks, plus pick swaps, and Milwaukee's 2020 first-round pick from the Cavs, so that would be a good pick. And they also got Victor Oladipo. So it's not like the Rockets are not competitive anymore. They're still competitive. They have John Wall, Victor Oladipo. And they have a top pick in the draft next year. They get a like a nice power forward, a nice center or someone. They're a competitive team still. Now, not not the best team in the West, of course. It sucks losing Harden, but they had to do it because Harden just wanted out. And like the show, it's all these trade requests by people shows the power players have now. Yeah, um, the Nets is like it's finals or bust. It's finals win or bust for the Nets. But if you look at the Rockets, it's a more conservative approach. I mean, you know, they dealt with Westbrook. They got him out. They got um, Harden out. They got, obviously, John Wall in. Um, that kind of makes me scratch my head a little bit. I mean, I, I like John Wall, but is he your long-time answer? Of course not. I think he's just there to mentor the youngins that are coming in. And, um, and like you said, there's a lot. There's a plethora of picks, an arsenal of picks that's going to be down in Houston, and it's time to rebuild this thing. And I think GMs and I think that, you know, the, the Houston brass knew that James Harden didn't want to be there. Um, I think he was tired of getting bounced in, you know, like in the playoffs. I think he I think he wants his chip. He wants its time. And, you know, he's, he's buddies with KD and Kyrie. And, you know, the, obviously he wanted to go down and make it work. And if you look at his stats against the Bucs, I mean, he's got – 34 points turning into a passer now <laughs> yeah no he's turning into a passer so everyone was like you know concerned about this trade because they're all ball dominant players you know how, how you got Kyrie Katie and Harden but um seeing Harden really like infiltrate like this field like the court find KD let KD do his thing uh, I mean he shot 13 for 25 from you know with field goals uh three for 10 at three-point line he had six points 12 assists and, um, yeah, I mean, he had a double-double. Is this the first time that someone performed as well as Harden did, uh, given a trade in his debut? I believe. Yeah, it was the first uh, player to ever get a triple-double on their first day with a new team, I'm pretty sure. And it's just crazy how, like, how quick. I mean, it, it makes sense because how good Harden is, but it's crazy to see how quickly he, like, just fits into the Nets. And, you know, not to mention the Nets have Mike D'Antoni 
as an assistant coach, his former Rockets coach. So that kind of helped. That definitely helps too. But the Nets, it is a lot of pressure on them. If they lose, they don't make if even if they don't make the finals. They're going to get laughed at. They're going to get clowned on by the by people, by fans, the media. How are you going to have an All Star team and not make the finals? And if I'm the Bucks, if I'm Giannis, I'm I'm mad. I stayed in Milwaukee, <laughs> but it's going to be. It's gonna. You're gonna have to go through Brooklyn to get to the finals. Man, as a you know, as a New Jersey resident, um, you know, obviously tri-state area, you know, 30 minutes away from Manhattan, um, you know, this gives me hope. Seeing like these stars want the spotlight. I mean, obviously, as a Knicks fan, I want to see them play in Madison Square Garden. But just in general, the fact that they want the New York real estate, that they want to be there, they want that part to their legacy. It inspires me. It makes me feel optimistic for all of our sports. You know, you see the Mets making a splash. You see the Jets, which we will get into soon, you know, start to turn things around. And the Nets, obviously. And the Knicks, they're playing great ball. I mean, the Knicks just beat, um, we beat, you know, Boston. We came off beating Boston. I know that they didn't have um, Tatum. And then, and we recently just beat the Magic, which was a pretty healthy team and you know all of the magic like the magic are a respected team in this league they they shoot great um they got some bodies so you know Thibodeau and this and this Knicks team seem to have things together I know RJ Barrett scored uh you know I think 22 points and it's good to see him average around the 20 point range you know second uh rook you know second year in the NBA coming out in Duke third overall pick um you know it's a it's a high ceiling it shows a high ceiling for these players and, and for the New York, uh, for New York fans. And uh, it's, it's exactly what we want to see in this area. And like you said, it's boom or bust for, you know, Nets and, and James Harden. And, you know, but I think that we're starting to see things unfold. I mean, people were concerned about Kevin Durant and his recovery um, from his significant injury that he took. Um, but, you know, he seemed to recover. Looking like fine. classic KD. He's looking like classic KD and uh, Harden, you know, he's, he's going to do his thing, you know, uh, shooting his threes like the way he does. And I think that, you know, once Kyrie comes back, he really needs to put things together and he really needs to understand this team that this Nets were able to assemble and everything that's on the line. It's not his team. This is not Kyrie's team. He's got to be a team player. He's got to suit up be with his guys, understand that he's the third option now when it comes to crutch time. He leaves Cleveland to be the main guy in Boston. Didn't work out. Tried to be the main guy with the Nets. Didn't work out. Had to get Kevin Durant to come. And Kevin Durant doesn't even want him to be his partner. He wants James Harden to be the main partner, it looks like. So we'll have to see what Kyrie's how he plays with everyone. And if I'm Kyrie, I might want out eventually if he's not going to be as you know dominant. Of course, this is his best chance to get a ring. But knowing Kyrie, his best chance of the ring was with LeBron. And he wanted out. So, I don't know. We'll have to see. And hopefully he plays Saturday once his COVID protocol is lifted. So, I got a crazy question for you. All right. So, if the Nets, right, healthy Nets, a healthy – like, imagine a perfect world where this is a functional Nets organization because of Kyrie, right? Like, right. let's just say that he gets his act together – you know, mm-hmm. stop skipping, um, you know, like games, right, for his own personal reasons, and he starts playing. And he starts playing like old Kyrie, old humbled Kyrie alongside with um, 
uh, LeBron James. I personally don't think this will happen, but it's a hypothetical, right? Okay. And they're in the NBA Finals, and they're going up against LeBron James and the LA Lakers. If LeBron beats this team, is he the GOAT in your opinion? Putting on the spot like this, all the MJ fans. You know, I watched the last dance. I understand what Michael Jordan is about. But if LeBron James would come out and beat this team, I know the Lakers got better. But LeBron James, if you beat KD, Harden, and Kyrie, you have to be the GOAT. Come on, man. You have to be the GOAT if you're going to come out there. It's not like you're facing – who did Jordan face? He faced um, Stockton and um, another guy on the Jazz. But it's not – they didn't have these three – he didn't face a three-headed monster. LeBron's he's beat Curry. He's beat – now he has a chance to beat these guys. It's like the Heat that he beat – the Lakers beat last year. It's not the most impressive LeBron Finals win, you know. He had a great team. The Heat weren't, weren't the best team in the East. They just were a bubble team maybe. But it's just – if LeBron was to beat this team, though, that's immense him as the GOAT, honestly. What do you think? No, I'm, I'm going to have to agree. I think um, – I really do believe that LeBron James, when it's all said and done, will – you know, establish and, and obtain six, six ranks. I, I think it's in his blood. It's in his DNA. Uh, ever since he, you, you know, think he's going to win this year. Still this, this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it happens. I mean, I, I wouldn't think. be only if the Nets don't make it. That's what I, I'm saying right now. I, I, um, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it all depends how Brooklyn, uh, you know, continues. Right. Do like, you think Kyrie, let me ask you this. Do you think Kyrie hurts or betters their chances? I think he hurts him. I think he hurts him. I think adding, I think Kyrie wanted to run off with, you know, his own superstar to do his own thing. And now you put in another big person out. It's only going to make things worse for him. You know? Um, I mean, when will he suit up and play that it's only a matter of time. We don't know. Um, you know, like I said, another personality, another superstar to the equation that just takes the spotlight away from him. Um, you know, and all eyes are, is on Brooklyn now. And, you know, we've seen how Kyrie acts in big media situations. It's, it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, I agree with what you said earlier. We could definitely see um, this Harden and KD duo make it far. But we also could see someone else that's making a championship run, you know, like Portland maybe. Who knows? Um, they don't, I don't think they need Kyrie. They got Dame. But I'm just, I'm just spitballing right now. Some team that you know would be desperate to you know to to, to strengthen their, their yeah their chances mm-hmm. that they, of course they'll, they'll throw a first round pick in there a couple you know whatever it takes a, a role play role player bench player big bod to, to get it you know so I don't know maybe Kyrie isn't for the long term plan because if you're paying this money then then why why is he on the roster and it doesn't make sense and um, mm-hmm. and you know I think you know like I said LeBron has this in his blood like ever since. He was drafted out of high school. Um, you know, scouts saw him immediately as the next Jordan, you know, and I definitely think that that didn't sit well in Jordan's mind. I mean, we all know that Jordan released um, One Last Dance to end the debate, but he takes things personally and he takes things. And at this moment, <laughs> I took it personally. And um, but here's the thing, like LeBron's got at least six more years in his career. He, he's not over and he's playing and he's playing. Some some great ball, and uh, he's got a great team around him. Him and AD is a superstar in himself in itself. And um, I don't know, man. It, it, I definitely think that if LeBron is going up against this team, he can at least put it to a game five, at least put it to a game five, and that I might mean, be in yeah. enough. And there's injuries. 
that can happen, God forbid, but that's always a, that's always a factor. You got Kyrie's madness. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you can't doubt LeBron. I think he'll give Brooklyn their run for the money. But if he were to win this, I, I think that there's real conversation now. It's not just a speculation. It's it's kind of looking more towards LeBron. Um, you know, given the fact that now he's on his fifth ring, and you know, how many more years does he have uh, with LA? One more year after this. I think he has one or two more years. I think one two or two, years maybe. Yeah, because then it's up for Bronny. And after that, I think he's going to settle, situate himself wherever Bronny goes. <laughs> All right, because if you look at it mathematically, it makes sense. He it signed does. this. He signed this contract, right, knowing that by the time that he, you know, obviously it expires, his son is going to be eligible in the NBA. And you know, imagine just imagine we said this before, but imagine if he brings right if he goes if if the Knicks somehow end up get Bronny James it's a, through the lottery and then he comes like oh all my right, god an all right Knicks fan, calm down, calm down. You're saying the Knicks are trending in the right direction. How are they going to get a top three pick? Come on, come on. I mean the lottery. The lottery. You're, you're right. There's always right. a chance. The lottery. It's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So we got some big news, uh, you know, in New York. Not not just in you know Brooklyn, but you know with the New York Jets team, um, we went out last Wednesday. We had our uh, friend uh, guest Ben, and you know it seems to be that what we were predicting happened. It's like we spoke it into it, existence. Yep, talked into existence. And Brendan was texting me. He was like, "Bro, you see what's happening? We literally said this on the podcast." I was like, "I know, I know." Yeah, no, I was. Um, so let me give you a little like, little little story here so oh, okay. i was i was hanging out with my friends right it was it was a friday night um and all of a sudden like you know i'm chilling and i look down at my phone and i'm trying to isolate myself from social media i, I really feel like social media um it, it definitely is a business in itself and i'm trying you know as a you know student in college um you know doing the same kind of like business as you like learning the same stuff sports communications it could you know be used for great things great measures but it's also like it's just it's time consuming and like you're, you're feeding into other people's content. We're trying to create content, right? So I, I'm trying to get away from Next, the habit of respect. touching my phone and it's, it's, you know, it's a way for me. I'm socializing and I looked down and I saw one of my close friends, Noah, uh, and, and yourself texting me, Jets got Salah. I'm, I'm electric at this moment. I'm electric. I mean, if you look at the Jets history, if you look at their history and if you look at how our ownership has made the wrong decisions, and how they never allowed their GM or other personnel members to make the decision with their money. You know, I mean, look at it. You got Adam Gase. You had people like, um, let me think, Matt Rule come into the building. They were sitting right there. Cliff Kingsbury, they came in. They wanted to work with Sam Darnold. And what happened? You have, you know, obviously us making a horrendous mistake. You have Christopher Johnson say, no, we are in love with, with Greg Williams, our defensive coordinator. And you can't assemble your staff, Matt Rule. You, you can't. We want Greg Williams as our DC. And if you're a head coach, he has to be your DC. Matt Rule said, screw that. I'm going to go to, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to Carolina and assemble my own staff. And things are looking great for him there. So, you know, I was nervous as a Jets fan. I mean, like, this is a signing that us Jets fans desperately deserved. I mean, look at what we went through. I mean, we witnessed the butt fumble. I mean, we haven't been in a playoff game since I was in fourth, in third grade. Like, that's sad. Like, like it's been 10 years since a 10-year playoff drought. The Jets now possess the longest playoff drought in NFL history because of, you know, the Browns making the playoffs. And 
You look at Robert Sala. You mean right now, not yeah, currently, currently, presently. Yes, let's correct that. Presently, not good job yet. But <laughs> but if you look at you know Robert Sala, just like you talk about him for a second, right? He he started off. First off, I just want to say he's the first Muslim head coach in the NFL. You know, obviously the Jets. Uh, we have a very diverse um, you know coaching history, so it's nice to be a part of that. Um, and he was, you know, he was notably known as the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Now he's a player's coach. He got high praise from Richard Sherman. And it seems like every player speaks highly of him. He started his coaching career in 2002 as a defensive assistant coach with Michigan University. He then went on to Central Michigan and University of Georgia in 2005. And then he went to intern with the Houston Texans working as a defensive uh, unit. Uh, working with a defensive unit, and he was then promoted to assistant linebackers coach. In 2011, Salah was hired by the Seattle Seahawks as a defensive quality control coach under Pete Carroll. He spent three seasons with the Hawks and helped them help coach them to a Super Bowl victory. And then Salah went to coach Jacksonville Jaguars as a linebackers coach, and eventually he found his biggest job up until this moment with the San Francisco 49ers to be the defensive coordinator. So this man had the resume. You know, he came here. He wanted to be here. He knew that this would be a process. And I was nervous when the Jets had him in the building. We let him go. He flew down to Florida. I don't know why he met, you know, the Eagles organization at Florida. A little bit weird. I mean, nicer weather. But, you know, can't blame you. But it's, you know, the Jets were able to get it done. And now we have Sal in the building. And, you know, shout out to my boy Ben, who said this on the pod Wednesday, that, you know, he said that if we were able to get a Sala a coaching staff, an attractive coaching staff will come along with it. And it did. And now we have, you know, Mike LaFleur set to be our OC, calling the plays, West Coast offense. And I'm electric. Jared, I want to hear your thoughts. I'm electric. I, I love this hire by the Jets. Salah will change that locker room atmosphere. We'll create a winning environment like Joe Judge did for the Giants in a way. But we must remember – there's still the Jets. Not to be not to be that guy. But they're not going to be the worst team in the league next year. I don't see that happening. They have too good of a coaching staff. But they don't have the guys yet. Now, they, they're a more, much more attractive destination with Adam Gase gone. And their offense is going to look better. The defense will look better. But they're still not going to come out of the AFC next year. So And Salah, we still have to see what he does. I feel like there's a lot of hype. A lot of hype on social media. And you know what? You might have gotten your guy, but it's been like that before with, you know, draft picks in the draft. Like, we finally got our guy with Sam Darnold. Don't see that anymore. You finally got this guy with the head coach. He might be a bust. We don't know yet. I'm just saying, slow your roll a little bit, not, you know, and we'll see where it goes. Now, the only thing that, you know, it's still great news. He was going to change the atmosphere, but the Jets are still going to be the Jets. So you're saying that it's not going to work out? Um, I, I'm, I'm saying it's going to work out, but it's not going to show results for like the next probably three, four years. Yeah, I don't expect the New York Jets to make the playoffs until, um, until I graduate college. I'm a sophomore. Uh, that's two more years, two more years of football. Um, you know, just because we got Robert Tell doesn't mean I'm throwing a Super Bowl parade party. I mean, like, there's a lot of work that needs That's to be what done. it sounds like on social media. You know, people making these Robert Sala edits. I mean, yeah, I mean you got to understand, like, yeah. what, what it's like to be a Jets fan. True, I mean, true. I mean, look at the Knicks. Look at the Knicks fans, right? I mean, I can't speak poorly of myself. I'm a Knicks fan. But, like, you know, they got snubbed of KD 
They got snubbed of Kyrie, and then they're Zion. all repping RJ jerseys before he ever plays. I mean, look, I'm a Jets fan. I have nothing else to look forward to. We're two and 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 fourteen, right? We're we're a, we're a laughing stock of the NFL, and we just went out and did something that we never would have done before. And we're and, and in my humble opinion, we are trending in the right direction. We have a respected GM um, in Joe Douglas that have done has done nothing but great things. Got rid of horrible contracts, um, and 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 we got our guy, and that's all that matters. I know that our team is ecstatic. I know that our players are ecstatic. This guy is the anti-Adam Gase. Everything that you don't like about Adam Gase, you don't have to worry about it. He, he almost reminds me of a Rex Ryan, but he's not going to put um, you know, targets on his players' back. He's not going to go out there and make players make, make the opponent twice as angry at them. No, he's going to be collected. He's going to be humble. And I, and I understand where you're coming from. Like As a Giants fan, like, you, know, you, you saw the hype of Joe Judge coming from you know, the, the Bill Belichick tree. And then, you know, you only saw six wins. But you know what? Six wins is an improvement. Six wins is, you know, it, it shows something. Um, if the Jets were to go out there and get six wins, you know, that, that would mean something. I'm not expecting a playoff for, for this Jets fan base or for, you know, this Jets team. But I'm happy that we did something great. I mean, this is – we're talking about the team that just hired Adam Gase. Like, you know, like – and I think that that's the reason why you're seeing all of these edits. I mean, it gives something – it gives us something to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. Salah is definitely what seems like to be the right guy for right now. And, you know, I see he's going to be a great leader. I'm just saying slow your roll a little bit. But other than that, he seems like a great hire. And we'll see where it goes. I love the videos of him being hyped on the sidelines when he was with the 49ers. That's something you would love to see in your coach, getting hyped with your players. And it's not going to be a quiet Todd Bowles or – a crazy-eyed Adam Gase. I like how you called him the anti-Adam Gase. That was funny. But the Jets, they're in a good position. Yeah, as a Jets fan, you know, there's nothing to talk about. Like, there's nothing to – there's not, there's really nothing to, you know, flex about right now. Like, I'm being dead serious. Like, I'm putting all the fate, all of everything into Joe Douglas. I'm going to let Joe Douglas and I'm going to let Rob Sala do the talking. I'm not going to say anything. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm happy, you know, but I'm not saying that this is going to give us a Super Bowl in the next five years. No, I'm going to let them go out and do their work. From what I see, I know that they're committed. From what I see is that it's trending in the right direction, but we're going to watch and we're going to see what happens. Now, I must say this coaching hire definitely improves your chances of acquiring one, this other Houston superstar who wants out. The Deshaun Watson sweepstakes is live. He is at a 10 right now in his anger level, as he's tweeted and as he's been quoted as saying. And the Jets are right there in the rumors. They have the asset to go get this guy. Brennan, do you think now the is the time to pull a trigger? Or do you think they should let keep the draft pick and let's see where it goes? So last Wednesday, when we briefly talked about this, I was kind of like on the con side. I didn't necessarily think that this was the right move, but this was before we hired Robert Sala. All right. Deshaun Watson, that was his number two guy behind Eric Bieniemy. Um, you know, and, and we have Robert Sala. So, you know, you, you look around on social media and you see Deshaun Watson throwing likes at all of these, you know, Jets affiliated, um, you know, posters, um, I know him and his GM both liked the New York Daily Post um, picture. It was like whatever it takes with him photoshopped with a jersey. Now, I'm telling you right now, he's doing this for a reason. I mean, 
I watched the Jamal Adams fiasco drama very closely, and he was doing the same kind of things when he wanted out. He was bashing the organization, right? Um, when Jamal Adams wanted out of New York, he said, oh, Gase isn't the guy. I want to win. The Jets aren't a winning culture. Here's my list of teams I want to go play for. Um, he liked all the Dallas Cowboys uh, tweets. He liked mm-hmm. all of the – he entertained everything. This is what Deshaun Watson's doing. I mean, you look at what he did. He, you know, he went immediately to Edgewater. He's flexing his geotag, his location. Um, he's liking these tweets. He's literally went and attended to a Brooklyn Nets game. You know, why, why do you think he wants to get close with these superstars? Or, who you never know, maybe a, you know, uh, James Harden is like, yo, man, you know, Brooklyn's kind of the wave, New York's the wave, man. Like, let's, let's fix the city. Like, you could be the face of New York. Like, people forget. People forget the stage that you get being in New York. Like, people forget. Deshaun Watson comes here, reps of green and white, you know? Take us what happens. Yeah, we give up some draft space. Yeah, we give up a king's ransom. I understand that. But we have the capital, the draft capital in order. It's comfortable. We have the, the, the cap space. We are the second most, um, we have the second, we're the second wealthiest team going into the, you know, the, the free agency behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, Deshaun Watson's contract is a bargain. You know, you're going to be paying $11 million next year just because it's finishing off his rookie contract. And then from there on, it goes on to the 35 to 40 uh, mil range. So that allows us to, you know, pay for uh, like a basically like a, a decent like linebacker right like a starting linebacker giving him a, st- a top three quarterback in this league a starting linebacker contract right for the next year while we can assemble picks around him and we can assemble for uh, like free agency um assets now alshon jeffrey went out and retweeted um a proposed trade that was that was put out by good morning football um uh mon- in monday um on monday um and it was, I believe it was the second overall pick. It was um, Seattle's first, first uh, that we got this year and next year's first. And then the 34th second round pick. Now, I think that that's a little bit too much. I don't want to give everything away for one player. I don't want to put him in the same situation as he's leaving. Um, I think that Joe Douglas needs to be very aware. And I think that he needs to make the right decision. Now, this is definitely something that you want to entertain, but you have to do it smart. Um, you know, it's, there's, there's not too many times when a top three quarterback is wanting out of his situation. I mean, this is Deshaun Watson. Like this is Deshaun Watson. He will make Jamison Crowder a household name. And, um, and I really do think that he will elevate his players around him. And this isn't, this isn't the same old Jets team. I mean, look, we got new uniforms. We got a completely new Jets staff, a completely new coach. We started this thing from the ground up and you know what? If, if we can package Sam Darnold, to, you know, a player who's, you know, highly regarded in this league when he was drafted, who's got high upsides to Houston, right, along with, you know, potentially three firsts, you know, I, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm giving three firsts. You know, the Jets have four first-round picks within, within the next two years. And you get a guy like Deshaun Watson, a player, top three player in this league, right, and I'm telling you, free agents, free agents will, wanna, will follow. I have to agree. You said all the pros about Deshaun Watson. You know what you're getting with Watson, a top three quarterback. You know what you're getting with Watson also with all these players wanting to come. You showed me Allen Robinson, like the a proposal of him, of like of Watson being in New York and maybe Allen Robinson follows then, you know? It's just, and also with Watson comes more prime time games, more revenue. This is like a more Jersey sales. 
if you go in the draft and you draft Justin Fields or someone else, you don't know what you're going to get. You might get another Sam Darnold or you could get a, one of these Josh Allen type players. So you just never know what to draft. At least with Watson, you know what you're getting. And with him on the Jets, I feel like they have to, they have to make this deal. It's just the guy wants out, and this is the time is now. Three first round picks might be a lot for a guy who wants out. It's not like the Texans have a leverage here. If anything, Watson has a leverage here because he's their star quarterback. He's their future. If he doesn't want to play for the team, he doesn't have to suit up. He doesn't have to like the same thing with Harden. Harden, the Rockets didn't have to trade Harden, but they knew he didn't want to play. That would hurt their chances. And they got good draft stock and they got Victor Lodipo out of it. So if the Texans want to imitate the Rockets, they definitely could by trading their superstar to New York. And the only downside would be if what if Watson wants to leave New York? What if he wants to just leave again? That's the only only con I see in this is if Watson just pulls another stunt like this. But I feel like the culture is much better in New York now than it is in Tex- Texas with Bill O'Brien and their uh, owner. So I'm from the Jets. I'm looking to make this deal. Yeah, I'm not. I understand your concern with Watson if he's going to come ready to play. Um, and I know what you mean. I know that this Jets team, uh, you know, our fans have had low expectations for a long time. And, you know, if he were to win seven, eight games, we'd all be ecstatic. If Hell, if he gets us in the wild card, even as a seven seed, we're, you know, we're all applauding to him. But you know what? I think that that could be a an upside for him, you know, knowing that there's low expectations. I mean, it doesn't mean that he has to win 10 or, you know, be the leader of his division in, in, in the AFC South. I mean, obviously, us Jets fans aren't expecting – you know, him to, you know, beat, you know, Josh Allen twice, you know, like, no, nah, like, I think that there's realistic um, expectations here. And I think he knows that. And I think that there's reasons as to why he's here in New York right now, doing the things that he is, posting the things that he is, liking the things that he is. And also one other thing that I want to talk about, who else is, is going to trade for him? I mean, Miami could, they got hella drafts picks, right? And they got two, two that they could offer, but here's the thing. Do you really think that the Houston Texans want to trade their star quarterback for the team that they got fleeced by for their previous own pick that they should be taking? Do you really think that they want that deja vu, that 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 horrible like that to remind them, oh yeah, let's give our treasure chest away for a pick that is rightfully ours, but our previous GM just shipped it off for 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 a tackle that isn't even going to be guarding, you know, their their no. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. And also if they're picking third. They don't get to pick their quarterback. They don't because take a guess what? Whoever then, if the Jets then possess the second overall pick, chances are we're trading back. You know, chances are we're going to trade back and get even more assets. The two pick is too valuable. It's too valuable. Unless if, you know, this Jets team falls in love with a Fields or a Wilson, we don't know. Um, but, but I'll tell you this much. The second overall pick is so much more valuable than the third overall pick. It, it virtually controls the, the draft. We know Trevor Lawrence is going first overall. We knew that before the start of the 2021 NFL season, before the 2021 college football season. So you know what? I think the expectations of this happening are very high. Um, we have heard already that some teams have already reached out to Houston. Um, you I don't know, think to a- the Bears or 49ers have enough assets to acquire Watson. So you're right. It's a two-team race, the Dolphins and the Jets. And if you're a Jets if you're the Jets, do you like be more aggressive to prevent him from going to Miami? Because they're in the same division as you. That's yeah. Remember. No, I I definitely do think you got to be more aggressive. I think that if this is your team, 
you got to do it now. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? This is your guy. And it, like, if Robert Sala looks at Watson and says, yes, that's exactly what kind of player I'm looking for in the draft, then you got to do it. Like, like, this is a blessing in disguise. Like, what? Like, I know 2020 has been the craziest of all years, but like, like, it's just getting weirder. Like, you know, like, this is Deshaun Watson. He's just like, nah, I want out. And, um, and you know, you know, his team, like his fans want to do like an anti or like not an anti, but like a pro, um, Deshaun Watson walk March. and, he, and yeah. March. Yeah. Like representing him and his significance to the city of Houston. He was like, nah, no, no. Cause of COVID regulations, like it's best for you to just like stay home, like for public safety. Um, I, I don't think he's going to make another snap with the Houston Texans. And, and there's no way that he's going to the Colts. There's no way they're trading him to a divisional rival. There's no way that even San Fran makes sense. All right, because even if they do a direct trade, right, Jimmy Garoppolo for Deshaun Watson, maybe like a couple more firsts, right? Just Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played a full season. Like mm-hmm. we haven't seen him play a full season, and also he's getting paid more money than Deshaun Watson. So, so they're screwed. Exactly. Not it's if the, New York, if the New York Jets pull the trigger, it's got to be the right price. All right, it's um, you're playing with fire here, um, and it's something you want to entertain, but. You can't give too, too, too much. One thing the Jets have now that they didn't have last year is options. As Jack Carlo said in What's Poppin', he's got options. The Jets have options right now, and that's exciting. You could either get your quarterback, trade for your quarterback, or stay put and get more assets. So you got three options, and it should be interesting once the draft gets closer. That's why I feel like Watson can trade probably when the draft approaches. So out of all of these teams, what, what team in your heart do you think – if Deshaun Watson is leaving the Houston Texans, what team do you think he'll be under center for come next fall? The New York Jets. You know, and I, I, you know, I learned from the whole Trevor Lawrence thing, you know, not to fall in love with like, like fantasies, but um, we'll see. We'll see. You know, I, this is me spitballing. This is us having a good time talking about, you know, hot, hot stuff that's happening in the New York area. And um, to have him would be, would be, would be great. I think um, it would definitely be a culture changer in the locker room. Um, someone that gives it his all every single play is not turnover prone. Um, you know, he's a true pocket passing quarterback, but he's not afraid to escape and stretch the pocket. Um, and you know what? Like I said before, if we were able to, you know, acquire him, I think that, you know, free agents would be able to follow. And, um, and we'll see. We're de- definitely something to watch as time comes by. Thank you so much for watching. As always, subscribe to us at NY Fly Zone. You know, you can reach us at, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, everything. Follow us. Give us a follow on Instagram at NYFlyZone, uh, Twitter at NYFlyZone. Tell your friends, you know, this is a hot new podcast that, you know, we got everything coming for you. So, uh, you know, thank you guys. See you next time. Yes, sir. You know, great talk today. Really enjoyed today's episode. And you know what? Let's go. Can't wait to talk about Super Bowl next week and other stuff. So. See you next time. Peace. Peace. Thank you. This has been the NY Fly Zone Podcast. We drop every Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Music. Follow us on Instagram at NY Fly Zone. Oh, I sit down, I sit down, do too much, do too much, ain't enough, ain't enough, ain't enough.